Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I'm Bob Mendelson, and this is the Bob's Your Uncle podcast. Isaac Brickner was born in Chicago and lives in Los Angeles and is not a mental health expert, but has written a serious article about that subject, and we'll delve into that with him today on the podcast. Stay tuned. Thanks for joining me for this Bob's Your Uncle Podcast Season 3, Episode 22. I hope you like listening to Mendelssohn's Violin Concerto in E Minor. It's one of my favorites. You can now find us and comment to us wherever you get your podcasts. Tell us what matters to you, what triggers your joy, what bothers you in the world. Let us know. We'll see where the Spirit leads us. Whether you're at home, online, on the road with me in your headset at the gym, or out for your evening constitutional, wherever you get your podcast, that's where we will be. Thanks for being with us these 18 minutes. date in history, the 16th of May in 1943, the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising ended after only one month as German forces regained control through force. In 2007, the first synagogue in Estonia since the Holocaust actually opened. And in 1991, Queen Elizabeth II became the first British monarch to address the United States Congress. And that's the historical marker of the week for 16 May. Today we're going to speak with Isaac Brickner, a sixth-generation Messianic Jew. His aunt, Martha, I interviewed last year about euthanasia and end-of-life matters. His family is well known to me, and I want him to be known to you, the Bob's Your Uncle podcast audience. And today we're going to talk about, well, it prompted, it was prompted by an article he wrote in Inherit magazine called, Can Ancient Jewish Wisdom Cure Modern Anxiety? In fact, the interview was so good, we're going to cover it in two episodes. So today and next Tuesday as well. Don't miss out on either of these. They're terrific. Isaac Brickner lives in Los Angeles and is not a mental health expert, but has written an article of serious note about that subject, and I want to delve into it with him today on our podcast. Isaac, thanks for joining us today. How are you? 
I mean, honestly, is that an okay question to ask another person even 7,000 miles away? I think it's fine. Um, I'm, I'm in a different day than you, but this day, as you've already lived it, um, it was fine. <laughs> it's, it's going pretty well. Um, can you let me know what happens tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> this is like back to the future. Uh, my, my question is prompted because your article is about mental health. And one of the things that I've been hearing a lot since COVID hit is the question, are you okay, is a good question to ask people. It is a little invasive, though. Hmm. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I personally, uh, thankfully, would probably be on the less anxious side of the spectrum, but it's something that I've noticed um, in a great deal of the people that I talk to people that um, come into our cafe space, which is really what was the basis of writing this article, um, was operating a cafe right across the street from UCLA um, and noticing the high degree of anxiety that so many of our daily guests and patrons are dealing with related to their schoolwork and just related to coping with all the changes that have happened in society within the past few years. Um, wanting to kind of speak to that a little bit. Great. I knew you since the 1980s when you were, oh, just born. <laughs> I was <laughs> I was at your bris. I didn't perform. That's not awkward. <laughs> um, I've watched, albeit from afar, you're becoming the man you are. Honestly, like an uncle. So the podcast is well named in this regard. I yes. read an article you wrote for Inherit Magazine and it was published earlier this month. I'll put the whole article in the notes for this podcast so others can read it when this has concluded. You or someone titled it, Can Ancient Jewish Wisdom Cure Modern Anxiety? I think, I, I think that's a great question. Let's back up a bit and deal with the subject of modern anxiety, if that's okay with you. What do you think distinguishes modern anxiety from any ancient or previous anxiety? Um, I think you can, t you can deal with anxiety today in a couple of different uh, facets, or I guess different permutations. Um, there's, a, there's an acute type of uh, what, what's been called chronic anxiety, um, rather than a clinical anxiety that has manifested in our world largely due to the increased um, pace of change and pace of information that people are needing to kind of keep up on to be in touch with how the world is going. I mean, just yesterday there was, you know, a mass shooting in Nashville, Tennessee, um, and not knowing it, I sent like, I hadn't seen the news yet that day, sent a funny meme to a couple of friends, um, hoping to like start a conversation, get a laugh. And it was just met with silence. And then it was five minutes later, I popped on the news and discovered that there had been a, a shooting. I was like, oh my goodness, I wouldn't have sent <laughs> that, that funny meme if I had known that was going on because those people probably knew about it before I do. Um, so just like the pace of information 
that you feel like you have to be a part of it. And that was definitely more present in the beginning of the pandemic when there was constant news that you needed to keep up on to know what was going on with public health and whatnot. So that, I mean, there's an anxiety that comes with due to the pace of information. There's an anxiety that happens socially that we just kind of pick up from others. Um, and then that's distinguished, I think, from a more clinical anxiety um, that would have to do with chemical imbalance in one's brain that actually needs to be treated physiologically. Um, so that's a little bit more of the anxiety that I was trying to address with um, the article is there's kind of a general anxiety that everyone has that's worried about the future. Um, but because of the fast pace of our society now, that worry is kind of exponential, I would say. Um, and lots of mental health professionals have kind of expressed that that is the epidemic of our time is uh, chronic anxiety and mental health crisis. I get it. Uh, it's they say that the the number one profession that commits suicide is those involved in counseling and psychiatry. Hmm. I believe uh, that. Yeah, you say this concerning choices in our modern day, uh, and I'm quoting your article, when's the last time you saw a soda commercial tell you what it tastes like? They never do. What's for sale is not a drink, but an identity. What do you mean by that? Yeah, I mean, so I, I wanted to talk about anxiety from an angle that I think people who even know or would admit that they don't have a clinical form of anxiety can resonate with that this kind of latent um, anxiety that exists due to the sheer amount of uh, choices and options that are available to us um, in the modern day whether you're going to a grocery store or online shopping or just trying to like order something at a restaurant um, you can or get what lost time, what time do i wake up to tomorrow yeah, it, there's a number of things. Uh, you could just kind of, you know, put your head in the sand and say, like, somebody, can somebody just choose for me? Um, like, I'm kind of, I'm kind of overrun with all these choices. Um, and it's because of that fact. So the, the anxiety, I think, that I've noticed is paired with instability in our identity, because and I'll, I'll use this term rather like flippantly, late stage capitalism, or you might call it like digital capitalism, where um, in, in the, the wake of the gig economy, the person as the, the user is not the consumer, but we're the product in the sense that we're being, we're being sold things that are supposed to make us a better person or a more like a holistic person they're not selling us products they're really selling us different versions of ourselves um so when you see like a coca-cola commercial um they're trying to say this is the type of person you know you want to be and that type of person drinks coca-cola versus like this is a great beverage you should choose it next time you go to the supermarket um that's that's a little bit more where i was getting at with that i like that uh, the, the army uh, in the U.S. used to have a commercial, be all that you can be. 
in the mm-hmm. army. You're going to become uh, whatever. Look, you you talk about change and choice, and you use the caterpillar as an example. Something about only one real choice is placed before it to become what the creator designed it to become. How does that example play into your understanding of today's choice-laden world? Yeah, I mean, I think that it goes along the lines of, so, you know, the the title of the article, Can Ancient Wisdom uh, Cure Modern Anxiety? Uh, I, I think I was appealing to this like natural example of metamorphosis uh, of a caterpillar becoming a butterfly as a an example of something that's ancient in a sense something that's kind of fixed within the patterns of the world that you can't really change and yet it's an example of change um, and that that's a little bit more akin to the type of experience that we as human beings desire to have and we think that through the various options presented to us, um, whether it's joining the army or like buying this product or going to this school or having this job or moving to this place instead of that place, that these options will kind of start the metamorphosis process essentially, like or be part of this journey of becoming the person that we wanna be um and that if we just find the right configuration of options if we just you know pick this path pick the right path versus that path um that will construct ourselves in a sense um but the suggestion of the article is that who we become is a lot more like the process of a butterfly um of a caterpillar becoming a butterfly that there is really, there's a path that's laid out before us um, to walk down. And some of the choices that are given to us are a little bit more of an illusion than we'd like to admit. Um, And the the self-discovery process has a lot more to do with how we've been designed rather than us designing ourselves. The article ends with a quote from Jeremiah, the Jewish prophet from around 600 BCE. You say this, quote, thousands of years ago, the Hebrew prophet Jeremiah wrote, and and you quote the the actual text, ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it and find rest for your souls, end quote. Mm -hmm. What, What are you getting at as the article concludes? That is, what do you want me as the reader to take away from what you've written? Yeah, that's great. And I think I just wanted to provoke a bit and uh, like poke at the modern sensibility that we think that everything that's good that awaits us for ourselves or in society in general is is progressing from what has been Um, and that what comes before us is something that must be left behind in order to get where we're going. This suggestion by Jeremiah that the rest that your soul so deeply desires is actually found in an ancient path rather than a progressive one 
um, and that those things we think are mutually exclusive. You know, there's the old like adage, like if you found out that you're going the wrong way, like you're not gonna get where you wanna go by continuing going down that road, you have to turn around. Trying to find the place where you missed the path, essentially. I think that's a little bit of what Jeremiah is saying uh, to the Israelites, you know, he's saying, the ancient path is one that was set before you by God uh, in the Torah, and you missed it. Um, and in, in order to get there, you have to turn around, and that's where the rest that you're longing for is is going to be. And so the suggestion for the reader would essentially be like, maybe the best news that you can hear isn't news at all, you know, in the sense of being new. Maybe it's ancient. Maybe it's something that's already been um, that you have to turn around to find. We'll be back with more from Isaac Brickner next week talking about Hafuch, the Upside Down Cafe in Los Angeles, which he oversees. And we'll talk about his favorite places in the world and so much more. See you next week. Don't forget to follow your uh, this podcast on your app. Thanks. What do you think about what we talked about today? Do you have an opinion about anxiety, about your own anxiety, or about watching others around you who've experienced such? Write to me, bobmendo at aol.com, or just comment right back here where your podcast and you are talking to each other. And next week, Isaac will be back, and we'll be able to hear much more about his life. Until then, from me, Bob Mendelson, when things seem bleak or uncertain, look up to God. He's in his heaven. And Bob's your uncle. Shalom from Sydney.